InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. It's a tragic situation. An older family member gets Alzheimer's disease. But experts say the disease can strike people in the prime of life as well. Here's InfoTrack's Taryn McCall. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. An Alzheimer's diagnosis in a parent is devastating enough. But what if the disease strikes your middle-aged spouse or your sibling or even you? A whole new set of problems arise when Alzheimer's strikes people in their prime. Joining us on InfoTrack today is Dr. Gary Small, Director of the Memory and Aging Research Center at the University of California in Los Angeles. Welcome to InfoTrack, Dr. Small. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. How many middle-aged people are afflicted with Alzheimer's? You know, we don't have precise numbers because it's relatively rare. Alzheimer's is usually a disease that affects people who are 65 or older, and there we have pretty good data that in this country... We're expecting about 5 to 10% of people in this age group to have the disease, and it accounts for about 5 million people. But when it strikes someone younger, the issue is that it's really quite devastating in a young person. We don't expect it. And with a lot of things where you see an uptick in cases on something that is rare, is this a case of just better reporting, better diagnosis, or is there really an increase? Well, it's probably many factors. I mean, certainly we're better at diagnosing these things earlier. We have brain imaging technologies that are very helpful. Doctors are more aware of the issues. The public is aware of what's going on. And and when we study it, for example, we look at it with PET scanning and we can see the physical evidence of Alzheimer's. We can begin to see these abnormal deposits in people years before they get the disease. So there's earlier recognition that contributes. Now, one possibility is lifestyle is contributing, and we know that genetics only accounts for about a third of what determines our brain health as we age. That means that non-genetic factors and lifestyle choices, like how much do you exercise or what kind of food do you eat, may have an impact. I imagine forgetting little things is a frequent occurrence with busy adults. At what point should one be concerned that this forgetfulness is not just having too much on one's plate? Everybody has forgetfulness as they age, and we all joke about it. We talk about middle-age pauses or senior moments. And often we just leave it at that, and it doesn't interfere with our daily life. But I think if anybody is concerned at all, if there's a sudden change, if other people are commenting about the problem, I think it's time to get some professional advice. Do doctors tend to overlook symptoms of early-onset Alzheimer's? Is it something they would think, well, this couldn't be happening to somebody this young? When the symptoms are subtle, they often are overlooked, particularly in a younger person, and other things are accounted for. So it's important to really try to look into some of these symptoms and try to make a diagnosis as soon as possible because we know that the sooner we intervene, the better the outcome. What types of therapies are available to younger patients? The same therapies that are available for older people are available for younger people. There are drugs that help with the symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. They don't cure the disease, but they improve memory and other cognitive abilities to a certain extent temporarily, and they keep people from declining more rapidly. Right now, there's tremendous work on trying to find more effective treatments to try to halt the disease or at least slow it down. And 
there's a lot of promise and excitement in that area. And I think the other area is what I mentioned earlier is lifestyle. People, when they start realizing that if they take good care of their body, that's going to protect their brain as well, they are more motivated to eat right and to exercise. And we associate Alzheimer's as an old person disease, and it's probably largely still true, but medical and social service models to diagnose and treat are based on seniors having the disease. Obviously, and you mentioned before, a younger person having Alzheimer's has, in many cases, more devastating consequences. What kinds of resources are available to younger victims and their families? I think there's a, a tremendous challenge because the families are not anticipating it. And you're going to have someone who is in the workforce, and so there's a loss of future earnings. There's the emotional consequences, the incredible impact on children, spouses, parents, emotionally. And I think as a society, we're really not well-equipped to deal with this. We're certainly not well-equipped to deal with it in our older generation, and definitely not in middle-aged people and younger. Assuming somebody is in better physical health in middle age than senior, does the diagnosis progress any differently? There's some evidence to suggest that early onset Alzheimer's may actually be a more aggressive illness, particularly if there is a strong family history and a genetic cause. In the more sporadic or non-familial cases, it's not clear whether it's more aggressive or not. Has there been any research into environmental components that might trigger this? There is a lot of research looking at the environment, and, and everybody's heard about different possibilities from heavy metal exposure to medications that might make it worse or make it better. And we don't have all the answers, but you know, it's a very important area of study. We want to learn more about it. We know certain risk factors, for example, if you hit your head and you lose consciousness for an hour or more, that will double your risk for Alzheimer's disease. People who are physically active have a lower risk for Alzheimer's disease. People under chronic stress have a higher risk. People who eat a Mediterranean-type diet with lots of fish and olive oil have a lower risk. So there are a lot of things that are coming into place that are informing us on how to live our lives to maintain better brain health longer. What are some online resources that people can visit for more information? The Alzheimer's Association is very helpful. There's support groups throughout the country. The Alzheimer's Foundation of America is another national organization that reaches out to the public. AARP now has a Staying Sharp program that helps people with their memory. And our own UCLA Center on Aging has a five-week memory training course that is available now in six states. And we've just started a new program at UCLA called our Brain Boot Camp, where we bring people in for one day. And after six hours, the majority of people show significant improvement in their brain health. But this is really for most people who have mild memory complaints, what they want to do to protect their memory. Those who actually have a disease have a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease, I think the organizations like the Alzheimer's Association, Alzheimer's Foundation of America are going to be very helpful for caregivers and patients. Dr. Gary Small has been our guest today on InfoTrack. He is the director of the Memory and Aging Research Center at the University of California in Los Angeles. Dr. Small, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.